0: Hello, everyone. We're the d And we're here to talk about NFL football, and we'll be going through all the fixtures in week 11. Jeez, it's already week 11 as we hit the middle of November uh, and towards the back end of the regular season. Um, the sort of witching hour uh as we head into the playoffs begins now and it's me bean i have dario with me today and uh dario looking back at week 10 um what opinions were you what sort of opinions you had were sort of confirmed or what was the one thing you
1: learned from this weekend Uh, i'll be honest i don't think i learned a whole lot this past weekend It, it was a pretty boring week of football um And I think like the biggest takeaway that I had, or I guess it was just more of a surprise was how many blowouts there were. There were a lot Mm -hmm. of games. If you listen to our episode from last week, there were a lot of games I was really interested in seeing, Uh, for example, the Patriots and the Browns being like, that was probably the game I was looking most forward to last weekend. And uh, after the Browns got up to a seven, nothing lead, they gave up what 45 straight points and lost. Uh, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I noticed that, um, 10 games last week were the final score. The teams were separated by double digits or much, much more. So uh, yeah, it was, was not an interesting weekend of football. I'll tell you that much. Uh, What was your, what was your takeaway? Well, I
0: had a couple of takeaways. The first thing is Matthew Stafford is allowing other defenses to have a lot of takeaways. That's the funny thing. Um, You know, he had the pick, uh, and and then the 49ers chewed up 11 minutes of the first quarter for that scoring touchdown drive to George Kittle, um, and then right after that, the ne- very next drive, the Rams turned the ball over again, uh, tipped pass from Matthew Stafford, and then it's a pick six for for all you know. They're down two scores already. Um, so I really learned a lot about the 49ers on the way they manage the clock, and where has this team been all season? Yes, they're three and five. They hadn't won at home before this game. I don't understand how the crowd was amazing. The 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 way they planned for this game. And, and in some ways you kind of expect the 49ers to beat the Rams because they're 4-0 oh in recent fixtures against the Rams. But you know, I didn't think of it. I didn't think it's going to be this bad. i I'm also gonna say this. Hunter Henry might be the best red zone tight end in the NFL right now because he has like three or four receptions a game. And two of them, or at least one of them, is going to be a touchdown. I have him on fantasy. This guy averages like, or is predicted to average like four or five points a game. And he averages like eight, nine. So for anyone looking for a tight end, Hunter Henry is your guy. Um, I love it. So I just it. thought I'd put that out there. A little bit of fantasy advice. But with that, we'll move on to week 11 of the NFL. And we'll start off with the Patriots, in fact. And they host, or sorry, they actually travel to atlanta and and dario remember last week how i said the the falcons would upset the, the the cowboys and that was sort of my bold take of the week i, I do remember um, that <laughs> they really they really took that personally um the falcons just came out and they played the worst game they possibly could um and you anyway, know at one point it was 34 to 3 uh and then the cowboys went for two right before the uh End of, the, end of the end of the first half and and you know they they converted a 2 point conversion and that that really sort of solidified their confidence in that game and you know the second half was just game management clock management they put seven more points on the board they got the job done after that home defeat to the Broncos this was the best sort of comeback the Cowboys could have had and it was a crazy game last year that 40 to 39 scoreline they made sure they left nothing to chance in this game. Dak Prescott, 296 yards, two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb and Zeke, both with a couple of touchdowns. And and Dario, the, the most interesting thing is that there was a very, very good spread between the run game and the throw game. Normally, Dallas loves to go to their tight ends. Um, not much, they were not as much targeted in this game because Michael Gallup was back, Amari Cooper had big catches, and of course, C.D. Lamb. What did you think of the Cowboys' defense, though, Dario? It seemed like they really got back to their game.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys' defense definitely stepped it up from uh, giving up 30 to the Broncos the week before, uh, especially they had uh, the big special teams play uh, at the towards the end of the first half, I believe. Um, but I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, you, you just ever since the, the 28 to three blown Super Bowl game, you you just don't bet on the Falcons. I, I know I've, I've been guilty of it every here and there, but I get burned by it every time you just, you don't bet on the Falcons. I I know the Cowboys are a good team. I've said that all year. I, I know the, the Broncos game was just a bump in the road for them. So nothing against them, but at the same time, it is the Falcons and, uh, I mean, they're they're sitting at one and three at home this year. They're against the Patriots, who are four and zero away, and the Patriots have won four straight games, and they've looked good in every single one of them. Uh, so the Falcons are in for quite the test. I don't know. What do you do? You think they stand any chance? The Patriots are seven point favorites. Do you think the Falcons have any chance of covering that or even winning? Look, this is a weird league.
0: Um, you would think Tom Brady losing before bye week and then coming out of bye week and then losing again to the Washington football team of all teams. You would think that wouldn't happen. I honestly think the way the league's been playing this year, the weeks where we expect a lot of close games, we're getting blowouts in the week, we expect blowouts, we're getting upsets. This could be the week for the Falcons, but I agree the rule of the land is you don't bet on the Falcons. So I, I think Patriots by at least two scores, they look solid. They're a very solid team. I think they'll probably sneak
1: into the playoffs. Um, I, th- I say Patriots by two scores. Yeah, the, the Patriots are getting hot. Uh, I mean, now with a, an 18-week season, I know it's week week 10 just happened. Did they get hot too early is my only question. Normally, this is a great time to be getting hot, but – I mean, now with the extended season, are they getting too hot too early? Uh, I'm going to go with no. I, I think the Patriots are going to keep this rolling. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs, um, assuming they they keep up what they've been doing. Mac Jones, I think every week looks better and better. Uh, last week, he threw for just under 200 yards, but he only had four incompletions. Uh, so he, and he had three touchdowns. So he almost had as many touchdowns as he had incompletions, which is Really impressive, especially against a, a Browns team that I, I know hasn't been elite this year. But um, they don't give for, give up forty five points very often. And 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 kudos to the Patriots defense. I know Nick Chubb is out, but uh, Darnus Johnson uh, has looked really good, and when he's had to come into games, and and they. For the most part, shut him down. Uh, I know it was more the, the Patriots' pass defense that stepped up, but they they did what they had to against the uh, against the run. And I agree, I, I like the the Patriots over the Falcons by a couple of scores this week.
0: And that's the first game. That's the Thursday night game, eight twenty Eastern on Thursday. Um, and and again, yeah, well, just not to keep going on and on about this game, but there's they seem to be spreading the load about their offensive weapons. Um, and, and, you know, right now, Mac Jones and company are keeping everyone happy going uh, offensively. So that's good for the Patriots at the moment. We'll move on to the Sunday games. The Buffalo Bills are at home against the Colts. Um, the Bills, a little bit of a stutter in that defeat at Jacksonville. And then they come back and they do take care of business this time. Um, you know, they beat the Jets 45-17. We've seen the Jets give up big points uh, against the Colts. Uh and 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 you know against the uh, Patriots as well, they give up fifty in that game. In fact, Um so Josh Allen coming back, throwing for three hundred plus yards and rushing for some as well. Uh, he has nineteen touchdown passes this season. And and the key thing for the Bills this game was Bills to Digs was back in play. It was back at its best. Um, and, and, you know, th- everything offensively went right for them on this on the day. A um, couple of rushing touchdowns as well. Zach Moss got one. In fact, there were four rushing touchdowns. Singletary, Matt Breda, Zach Moss, and Isaiah McKenzie all getting on the score. Uh, Mike White, not the best game for him. Four interceptions. He threw for 250 yards. And then Joe Flacco came in and threw a touchdown pass. He looks like he's going to start. For the Jets this weekend, but they but the Colts, Colts took care of business against Jacksonville, tricky opponent considering what happened last week. But Dario, let's talk a little bit about Carson Wentz because he had a really good performance last week. Didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he's not making any mistakes either. It seems like there's a sort of a damage limitation policy sometimes, and you know they're just letting Jonathan Taylor and Naim Hines do their thing which is playing into the hands of Carson Wentz's improvement.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the Colts are, are, are a good 5-5 five and five team, and I think that they will continue to win games and have a, a potential shot at a wild card spot, assuming they keep the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands. Um, like you said, they need to just limit the damage that Carson Wentz is going to do. So how do they do that? Hand the ball off to their great running back, uh, dump it off to Naheem Hines. Uh, yeah, you just you can't let Carson Wentz make mistakes. But I mean, speaking of uh, the the Bills' upset against the Jacksonville Jaguars two weeks ago, we almost had an upset part two uh, this past week with the Colts after getting up to a seventeen nothing lead. Um, it was a close game there in the fourth quarter, making made them sweat a little bit, but. True. Like you said, the Colts took care of business at home. Uh, this week, they traveled uh, travel over to Orchard Park, New York, to face the Bills. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a pretty good matchup. I see Buffalo as a seven-point favorite, and um, I don't know if they'll cover that. I, I know the, the Bills are a good team. They're a high-powered team, uh, but... The Colts, I think, are a little slept on this year. They've they've played a really tough schedule so far. They've played, played some good teams tight. They've won games that they should. So I think this will be a pretty interesting game, and I think it's going to be a, a bit of a question of which Bills team are we going to get because they've been a little inconsistent this year.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Completely agree with that. Uh, you know, the loss to Tennessee, Josh Allen slips, and then, you know, the most recent loss was just uh, – I, I the offense didn't fire at all. So I agree with you. I don't know which offense is going to show up, but on their day at home with the fans breaking tables at tailgates around the stadium, um, it, it, it should be Buffalo's day, but if the Colts can manage the clock, use the, run the ball well, and, you know, just keep their, the Buffalo defense on the field for as long as possible, tire them out and then make Carson Wentz throw. Um, they might be in with a shout, but I still think bills by three. What do you think?
1: I think that's a pretty fair prediction. Um, I think I think the Colts can cover the seven-point spread, um, but I would also not be surprised to, to see a game that the Bills run away with. Again, I think it's really going to depend on which Bills team we see. And uh, I think the biggest matchup that I'm looking forward to is this Bills rush defense that allows 84 rush yards a game versus the Jonathan Taylor-led running attack of the Colts that puts up 136 rushing yards a game. Uh, so I think that's going to be the main battle that's going to determine the outcome. But I do like the Colts plus seven.
0: Absolutely. And that game is a, is one of the first games on Sunday. It's at 1 Eastern. We move on to the next one from Chicago. It's the Bears hosting the Ravens. And the Ravens last week um, – Definitely, definitely was an upset. I mean, none of us thought that the that the Ravens would lose by two scores um, to the Miami Dolphins of all teams. But that that Miami defense has been notorious for pulling out um, these kind of results every now and then. Um, Lamar Jackson wasn't his finest hour. Um, you have to say that the the running game also needs to step up a little bit for Baltimore. Remember, they held that loud and proud record of. Having hundred rush yards every game for X number of games, uh, tied with the Steelers. In fact, um, they couldn't break that record, and and it's sort of been up and down a little bit in that uh, in that aspect. They just, I believe, they just cut Le'veon Bell as well. Um, so a little bit of trouble in the backfield. You know, obviously they've had the injuries and stuff like that, but they have really good runners. You know, Lamar himself. So they, they should be hoping to bring all that firepower to Chicago against a well-rested Bears team who will feel who will still feel a little bit of injustice from that defeat at Heinz Field a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, Justin Fields, we were talking about how Mac Jones was improving. Justin Fields threw for 291 yards. And, you know, you can't really blame him for scoring a touchdown too quickly and giving Ben and the Steelers time to sort of set up that game-winning field goal in Pittsburgh, but it shows real intent from the kid. Dario, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think the Bears could pose real problems for the Ravens this week if they can keep their offense going how it was. Uh, They had a lot of success against the Steelers' defense. Uh, They put up 414 yards, and I think that was led behind uh, a run game That was just kind of chipping away at the Steelers defense, took some of the pressure off of Justin Fields throwing, which eventually let him open up the pocket and hit some receivers deep. Um, On the other hand, all we talked about last week when it came to that Thursday night game Ravens versus Dolphins was, well, how many scores are the Ravens going to win by? the last thing we, we talked about and expected was the Dolphins to win by multiple scores. Uh, so I think that was a shock to the entire nation. And I think Baltimore is going to be coming out for a vengeance. They don't want to lose two road games to teams under 500 and back to back weeks. Um, but like I said, I, I think the, the bears could pose a decent threat, but I just don't see it. I, I, the Steelers are just not a great team. Um, the Bears should have won that game. I, I, I see the Ravens running away with this thing. They're going to be out with a vengeance this week, and uh, I, I like the Ravens to cover the four and a half point spread. I I agree with you on every single point there, but I do.
0: I for some reason I smell an upset here. I think Chicago is going to win by three.
1: Well, just you know, as a, as a Steelers fan, I I, I hope that happens, <laughs> but. uh I, I've just got a feeling that the Ravens are going to bounce back. They've done that in the
0: past, uh, but you know, you never know what this league brings to you. Um, and with that, we'll move on to the next game. It's the Browns at home against the Lions. And speaking of never know what's going to come up in the NFL, these two teams, the Lions not losing. And spoiler alert, it wasn't a bye week either. So <laughs> they're not going to go 0-17. They might still be the first team to go 0-16-1, but... I thought that performance was great. The running game was was brought back and brought back pretty well. DeAndre Swift, 100 plus yards for him, uh, which was good for my fantasy in a, an otherwise dismal week for me there. But uh, against the Browns, who, again, even the Browns, the only sort of positive they had was uh, taking the lead early on against the Patriots um, and then imploding in every sense of the word. Baker Mayfield uh, was only threw for 73 yards on 11 attempts. And then Case Keenum came in um, to see the game out. So it wasn't really the best game for the Patriots. Um, what really surprised me was that defense put a, sort of gave up that many big plays to Mac Jones and the Patriots. We were talking about it earlier. Um, and you mentioned D'Areness Johnson, 99 yards of rushing and almost 60 yards of receiving from him. Um, you know, obviously Odell's gone. We thought he was the problem. Apparently not. Um, not just him. Um, you know, we've been talking about Baker's shoulder the whole season. You know, Jarvis Landry comes out. He's not happy for some reason. Um, and, you know, there's there, there, they remind me of the Patriots so much, the Cleveland Browns. They have a bunch of these receivers uh, who are all pretty decent and on a similar level to each other. But the load is not being split as evenly as... Mac Jones is able to do on the on the Patriots, and that's something that should sort of gives, uh, sort of lift the spirit of the Detroit Lions if they can run the ball well and take time off the clock and absolutely, you know, keep Baker and in, in, in the the Cleveland offense off the field. Of course, they didn't have Nick Chubb last week. That if they have him this back this week, it might be a different story. But Dario, do you think there is a chance that the Lions could repeat? Uh, the performance they put in at Pittsburgh with whatever I just
1: said (laughs) you know I don't expect a tie in back-to-back weeks but (laughs) (laughs) um, I'll just come right out and say it I think the Browns being 11 and a half point favorites is kind of outrageous and personally I am going to hammer the Lions plus 11 and a half I don't think they'll win this game but this past week was the first week that the lions were really able to put up any sort of rushing attack. Uh, so like they put up 306 total yards and Jared Groff, he he threw 25 passes, but I think he only had like, it might've been less than 10 attempts or maybe it was less than 10 completions before overtime. Um, I don't remember exactly how many uh, passing attempts he had, but the lions said look we're gonna hammer the run and we're just gonna keep running it and running it and running it and well over uh 200 yards rushing uh, as a team and their offense looked put together um dan campbell off of the bye week just drawing some new schemes up i don't know what it was but i think it could pose some problems for the browns if they don't get some people back they suffered a lot of injuries last week. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries this season, and if they don't get the right people back healthy, especially in on the offensive side, um, I don't know how they can put up a whole lot of points, let alone win by 11.5. So uh, the Browns are definitely the better team here, but I think the Lions have showed enough heart um, here and there, I guess, <laughs> to, to potentially yep. keep it close. No, I absolutely
0: agreed. The one thing I do know for sure is that the Browns are not going to give up 45 this week. Uh, whether that is the game-winning formula or not, we'll see. They put up 41 in Cincinnati and then just put up 7 in New England, albeit with all those big offensive players out. But I still do like the Browns. I think they're going to win probably by 5 or 6. It's going to be a close, closer game than the 11-point favorites that you just mentioned that they were.
1: Yeah, the only way I see the Browns covering that uh, almost 12-point spread is if they can get some of those key pieces back. And uh, the Lions' rush defense is is terrible, um, so they need to build that running game back up. But uh, like I said, they're just missing so many pieces, and uh, they just looked a mess last week. So we'll see. Well, the Browns definitely looking to bounce back. And
0: the Detroit Lions looking to build on the result in Pittsburgh last week. That game is at 1 Eastern as well. And then we move south to Tennessee at home against the Texans. And the Tennessee Titans have just gone from strength to strength. Um, they lost Derrick Henry in the in the stretch. Uh, bring in Adrian Peterson. They used Jeremy McClick- McNichols more. They used Dante Freeman a lot more. They give Ryan Tannehill the sort of flexibility of throwing the ball. Um, there, it's just been all positive things they have gone strength to strength. There's been there's been quite a few. As I said, Derrick Henry is a big piece of this Titans offense, and to lose him for the season is big. But the running game still going strong. Ryan Tannehill himself r- rushing for a touchdown in that win over the Saints, and you know they got they got the stops when they needed to, especially that two point conversion right at the end. Um, Marcus Johnson 100 yards of receiving um and he's splitting the he's splitting the receiving uh sort of burden out uh you know Jeff Swaim in recent weeks has been a big target for uh Ryan Danahill. um and the defense you know they showed up in Los Angeles they showed up again when they when they needed to against the Saints and you know Dario I said earlier that the Texans are going to go 1 and 16 this definitely looks like another another L for them even though they're coming off the bye week, uh,
1: well, they played the Dolphins this past week, or was that two weeks ago? That was two weeks ago. The Dolphins played the Ravens. Oh, you're right. You're so right. Um, wow, that did, it seems like because <laughs> I know I I thought the Texans. I remember betting on the Texans that game, thinking they were going to cover. I think it was a five and a half point spread, and. uh I just remember being disappointed when Tyron Taylor came back and didn't have the impact that I thought he would. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, like you said, the, te- the Texans are coming off rested. And I know I made the bold prediction last week that the, uh, Titans to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill is more valuable than Derrick Henry, uh, which there's some context behind that in saying that, um, Nowadays in the NFL, losing your quarterback is typically a bigger deal than losing a running back. Uh, But I tell you what, the past two weeks, the Titans have won, but it has not been because of their offense. Um, Their defense has really been carrying them. They only put up 264 yards of offense last week. while uh, they gave up 373. Obviously, they limited the Saints to only 21 points, but – they almost blew it there in the end. So I, I still like the Titans to win the ASC South. I like the Titans to make the playoffs, but if they can't get a rushing attack going, Ryan Tannehill is not going to be able to put the team on the back and the defense isn't going to be able to win every game by themselves. So I don't know. I In saying all that, I still don't think the Texans are going to make this a close game. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, but like you said, it's been a really weird year. It's been a really weird past couple of weeks. Um, And like I said, I do like Tyrod Taylor at the helm of this offense um, better than Davis Mills. But I just at home, the Titans have played really well at home this year. I just don't see the Texans putting up any sort of fight.
0: No, I completely agree with you. And and to the run, to the point of the run game. You know, Adrian Peterson, uh, McNichols, Freeman. Um, they have a they have a few names they can split the load around, but they don't have the, the Derrick Henry that we were talking about in our last episode, and which means Daniel has to throw more. Uh, the connection with AJ Brown just becomes a lot more important, and you 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 hit the nail on the head with the defense winning them points, and winning them games. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. That defense has improved this year. I think they'll win this easily. They'll go ahead to nine and two. But the real sort of challenge for the Titans is going to be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, the, the Titans definitely. I mean, there's never a good time to lose a, a guy like Derrick Henry, but they lost him at the right time where they kind of lost him right at the end of their gauntlet of games, where they were playing one of the toughest schedules in the league. And I believe they have the easiest um, strength of schedule the rest of the season uh, based on record. Uh, So I, I, like I said, I think they're going to continue to win games, but I don't know that they're going to be able to make a playoff run without him. Absolutely. So
0: AFC South matchup there, one Eastern, and then we move on to the NFC North matchup between the Vikings and the Packers. Um, And the Green Bay Packers shut out the returning Russell Wilson um, and the Seahawks at home last week. That game was a very weird game. Um, It was not necessarily Aaron Rodgers' best game. Uh, He didn't throw for a touchdown. He threw for 290 yards. But it was A.J. Dillon. Um, You know, obviously Aaron Jones is an injury concern for the Packers. They had Devontae Adams back. Uh, but A.J. Dillon, 66 yards of rushing and then 62 yards of res- receiving yards. Um, and, and, and you know, again, the huge it's a huge sort of boost for the Packers to know that even if Aaron Jones was to miss some time due to injury, they can rely on someone like A.J. Dillon in the backfield to sort of make up those yards. Um, they're playing against the Minnesota Vikings that won Last week, 27 to 20 against the Chargers. And I thought that was a very impressive win for Kirk Cousins and company. And Kirk Cousins continues to be accurate this season 18 touchdowns and just two interceptions. Um, and obviously, they're four and five. He's not the reason why they're four or five, clearly. It's been the defense, it's been injuries to the defense. Dalvin Cook came back, uh, which was a big positive. He'd rushed for 94 yards, had 24 yards of receiving and obviously got that touchdown as well. Justin Jefferson has been a shining light for the for the Vikings going forward. So, offensively, Dario, this seems like it's going to be a very very action-packed game. Um, just looking at the for the firepower on either side.
1: Yeah, I, this is a game I'm really looking forward to this week. Um... Like you said, we so as we were previewing the Seahawks Packers game last week, we talked about the excitement of Russell Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers. And I know we were both hoping for a shootout, and almost yep. the exact opposite happened. <laughs> it was a, a very defensive game with some some hard-earned touchdowns uh with Dylan there. Um yep. and the Vikings, I, I I know the the Chargers have looked a little rough the past couple weeks, and um I know they're five and four now, but I still genuinely believe that the chargers are a good team. So don't take anything away from the Vikings there. That was a very solid win that they had last weekend. And, and I, I will reiterate that the Vikings, I think are a great four and five team. Um, and it's at home for the Vikings and everybody knows that it's tough to play in Minneapolis. Those, Fans go crazy, especially with the, the Viking horn that plays annoyingly after every single thing that, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that the, the Vikings do. Um, yep. But an interesting stat that I saw this week is that Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota is 7-6. and six, So he's rocking just about a 500 record. And this is not as dominant a Packers team as what they've had in years past granted they're eight and two nine and one against the spread they've got had a lot of really solid wins one of their losses was with Jordan Love against the Chiefs but like you said Kirk Cousins has if his name wasn't Kirk Cousins he's and he wasn't on the Vikings I think he'd be up there for the MVP conversation this year with just how well he's been playing at quarterback uh, like you said Dalvin Cook's finally back looking looking good last week he had 94 yards and a touchdown rushing. Justin Jefferson has just been amazing all year. I think the Vikings are going to put up a big, big fight against the Packers, and I actually like them to win this game. I, if this was in Lambo, I think I'd take the Packers, but just because it's in Minneapolis, I, I think I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. It's an interesting prediction.
0: I, I agree with almost every single thing you said there, and to the point that they're playing in Minneapolis. You know, another thing is that the, I, I, you know, as an, if I was a, an opposing coach at, at playing the Vikings, I would be the most annoyed person on earth because they're one of these offenses that find that, that long play of 20, 30 yards to someone like a Jefferson or a Thielen on third down, just when you think you're about to stop him. Um, and, and, you know, they just come up with a big play and they keep the drive going and they chew precious minutes off the clock and and someone like Aaron Rodgers who loves to go quick loves to be on the field dictating what happens um and, and you know that seven and six record that you mentioned you know it's no surprise with the way the Vikings have played in recent years especially under Mike Zimmer, um that you know it it can be like annoying at times to play the Vikings because they're that sort of team and I agree with you I think the Vikings are going to win this by three that's my prediction
1: are you? wow yeah that's uh pretty much where i'm at i think assuming the vikings can limit aaron Rodgers, which um the packers haven't really been putting up a ton of points especially the past uh five weeks they've put up 24 points three times but no more and they have faced some some good opponents and some not so great opponents in that time but i don't know i just get the feeling that the Vikings are going to really show up this game. I I might even go as far as saying that the Vikings might win this by multiple scores, just especially with how weird this season's been. I could see this <laughs> being a game that it's like, oh, obviously the Packers are going to beat the Vikings and then the Vikings show up and win by 20. So I, just, I just I don't know. I don't think they'll win by 20, but just with how the season's been going, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Right on. And and that game is also in one Eastern. It's going to be a very interesting game, divisional matchup. And then we move on to another one Eastern game. It's the Jets at home against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, well, they beat the Texans two weeks ago. They beat the Ravens, which is the more unlikely of the two wins um, at home. And now they travel northeast to New York, well, New Jersey, to play the Jets. And, you know, the Jets... Well, they put up 30 points in Indianapolis in that defeat. It was the defense defense that let them down. Um, and, and you know, now they're coming into this game with a, a pretty terrible record of 2-7. and seven. And, you know, Mike White in the previous game threw four interceptions. Um, and, you know, he was injured in that Colts game. And we thought he's going to come back against the Bills, try and make it close against a very angry Josh Allen uh, and company who just lost. But, unfortunately, he threw four picks. Joe Flacco comes into the game and throws a touchdown in uh, in his three passes that he gets on the field. So he's going to be he looks like he's going to be starting in this game. Dario, before I ask you how much that changes things, um I want to ask you first. Do you think the Miami Dolphins are going to dominate this game again or with what we've seen so far this season could this be a, another one of those like weird games that, you know, the Jets are just going to come out and like they did against the Bengals? and prove everyone wrong
1: uh i don't know that i think either of those will happen uh i I don't think i mean at this point joe flacco is just a name uh he's nowhere near the ravens quarterback that he used to be he's he's old he doesn't have a whole lot of recent playing experience um as you said the dolphins have been playing well the past few weeks they had the big upset win last week but I don't know that I'd say I expect them to dominate. I I could see this game ending like 13-10. to 10. I think this is going to be one of the most boring games to watch this weekend, not just because it's two bad teams, but two teams with offenses that are so questionable. Uh, you, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think it's going to be boring. This is the type of game that you watch if you're trying to take a nap during the 1 o'clock games. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the Dolphins Woodless. are going to win. I don't I don't expect Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco threw a garbage-time touchdown while the yeah. Jets were down 45-10. to 10. Uh, I just – I think the Dolphins are going to win. I, I could see them winning by exactly three. They're favored by three. I could see them winning by exactly that. But I just don't think it's going to be a fun game
0: yeah i agree with you i think it's gonna be a a game for if i was the miami defense right now i'll be looking forward to this game um and you know i i I think i agree with you either three or up to a score depending on if they get a pick six somewhere in the mix uh but yeah it's not gonna be it's not the highlight of the weekend is it
1: so i agree with you miami by three to a score yeah i just i'll be honest and this is the last thing i'll say about this game is I, I just don't know why the Jets are going to Joe Flacco. Like I know he has some experience there. Um, but like you know what you're getting with Joe Flacco. You're getting an old quarterback that doesn't have much left in the tank. I, I just don't get why after one bad game that Mike White played, he's he looked oh. good in the previous weeks. Like, just give give the kid a shot. Like I agree. you can't you can't pull him after one game. Like just just give the kid a shot you're you're not making the playoffs this year anyway you might as well let him develop and and see what you got and may who knows maybe come the the beginning of next year you've got a quarterback battle between Zach Wilson and Mike White I just I I don't get it but I'm also that's why I'm not an NFL coach so (laughs) no I was gonna
0: say what does this mean for someone like Zach Wilson like if he comes back and has a couple of bad games he's gonna be replaced by, say, Cam Newton. <laughs> <Moving> <laughs> no, up Cam to... Newton's
1: staying in, in Carolina now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I was, I was just throwing names
0: out. But it'll be interesting to see how Flacco and company deal with that Miami defense on one, 1 Eastern on Sunday. And then moving on to the next 1 o'clock game, we have the Eagles against the Saints. This is a very tricky one for some reason. I can't put my hand on what it is, uh, is it the recent, recent uptick in Eagles performances, their big win over the Broncos who let's not forget one by two scores in Dallas, a team that the Eagles gave 41 points up to. Um, but you know, we were speaking about the Eagles run game and how that's not been ticking as much well against the Broncos. They had 83 yards from Jordan Howard, Boston Scott at 81 yards, Jalen Hurts, 50 something yards. Um, and and you know the, a bunch of receivers getting good 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 uh, yardage as well with Devontae Smith being a pick of them with two touchdowns as well. They look they look a lot more seasoned now. They look they're four and six. I know they have their ups and downs to the Eagles, uh, but it was a very good Broncos team uh, that they beat in Denver, uh, and you know the Saints. Well, we was we, you alluded to it earlier. They put up twenty one points, but they still have a backup quarterback. They're not going to have Jameis for the rest of the season, and it's going to be a game where they rely on their defense to stop the run, to stop Jalen Hurts and company from getting those big plays. Um, I don't know what Saints to expect because their their run game, you know, especially with Alvin Kamara sidelined, this could be a game where you know Dario they see themselves down by a bit and you know they they're forced to throw the ball with Simeon, and that's where he cracks under pressure
1: yeah i i really like the eagles this week uh i I will say they haven't have they have wow they have not won a game at home yet this year so that that provides a little bit of question marks but uh you got to treat every game as a completely new one you can't fall only into the patterns that you've seen and uh, one pattern that I have seen that I think I will follow is that they've looked pretty darn good the past three weeks. I mean, even the two weeks before that, they lost to a good Raiders team and they lost to a good Bucks team. Um, the saints are just, they put up a good fight against the Titans last week, but again, it just, the Titans offense is just so questionable at this point that you uh, It's just like I I don't expect the Titans to blow anybody out the rest of the year, really, uh, except for like bad teams like the Texans this week. But as you said, the Eagles have looked better and better. Jalen Hurts is getting comfortable, I think, because, as you said, the run game is starting to get going. Long term, Jalen Hurts cannot continue to be the leading rusher on that team. And I think that the Eagles are going to edge this one out, especially playing at home at Lincoln Financial Field.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's going to be Trevor Simeon when he's in that position of being down by a certain number of scores. He had 15 incompletions in 34 attempts uh, against the Titans, um, albeit against a much better defense than the one they're probably going to come up against this weekend. But um, it's going to be a test for sure. And I agree with you. I like the Eagles. I think they're going to win by
1: a three, I would say. It's going to be closer. Yeah, I could see it either way, to be honest. I I, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I I could see them winning in a close game, or I could see them just running away with it. It I, I could really go either way.
0: Right, and no Alvin Kamara for the Saints, so their, their biggest player is going to miss that one. From Philly, uh, that's a 1 Eastern, and then we move on to the next 1 Eastern game uh, from Charlotte. It's the Carolina Panthers at home against the Washington football team, and... Dario, this is a battle of the the two biggest winners of last week, the upset kings, if you want to put it that way. The Panthers stormed into Arizona uh, with Christian McCaffrey back, with Cam back, with his swagger. Um, you know, he yelled into the camera saying, I'm back, I'm back. Um, and he did look like it, too. You know, in that first quarter, he had two red zone plays, so rushed for a touchdown, and then threw one to Robbie Anderson, who's been a little flustered this season. Um, and, you know, Christian McCaffrey came back and did his thing, 95 yards of rushing, 65 yards of receiving. Um, and, and, you know, P.J. Walker, some of the pressure was taken off earlier on by such a big margin of lead that they had. Um, you know, the interception from Colt McCoy and then the injury and then Chris Traveller, who I'm sure a lot of you haven't heard who he is. But, you know, Arizona just couldn't get the run game going against the. Panthers defense. And they looked a lot more like the 3-0 and Panthers that we saw earlier in the season. But you know, they, they're they coming up against a Washington team that showed a lot of fight passion in their win against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers off a of bye. Uh, they picked Tom Brady off twice. Tyler Heineke uh, 250, 256 yards for a touchdown. And then you mentioned it earlier, Antonio Gibson two touchdowns uh, on 24 carries as well. Um, so this is this is set up to be you know one of those games where you didn't think this would be an interesting game, but now you want to see who can actually carry on with this run, Dario, of you know beating good opponents. Now they're coming up against each other.
1: Yeah, I know I predicted last week that the Buccaneers would walk all over the uh the football team. Um, but in watching them win, I I saw that as a a big Taylor Heineke revenge game from the playoffs a year ago uh, where Heineke really played well and they had a shot at winning and they didn't pull it out. Um, And then last week they played at home and managed to get the win. And um, I think that's about where their run ends in my very unprofessional opinion. The (laughs) Panthers, I think finally are getting some fire back under them. Uh, They're out of the horrible play of, of Sam Darnold. Um, I think so. Cam Newton will be starting this week and he just brought so much energy to that locker room last week. And especially with Christian McCaffrey's back from injury and he looks like he's firing on all cylinders. Uh, I just, and the Panthers are home this week uh, after going to Arizona and blowing them out. Granted an, an, an an injured Arizona team. So take that with a grain of salt. But still, I just think the Panthers have got too much backing them right now. Uh, Cam Newton's back home, and I I like them to keep rolling over this football team.
0: Yeah, no, I I can see that happening for sure. Cam Newton's back at home. Card's going to be very, very happy to see him back. Christian McCaffrey was back, and he had a heavy load of offensive work last week. So, I mean, if the Washington football team, it's simple as that. you got to stop McCaffrey. you got to stop Cam in the red zone. Um, and we'll see how they come up with that. But I, I agree with you. i like Carolina to win by a score.
1: Yep, I, I would agree. I, the The Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I think they'll cover that.
0: All right. That game is from Charlotte at 1 Eastern on Sunday, and then we move on to Jacksonville, also on 1 Eastern. It is the, the Jaguars. They host the 49ers, and the 49ers, Monday night, hosting the Rams, seven and two Rams. You know, obviously they had a little bit of a bump against the Tennessee Titans and then they blow them out by three scores. Um, And it's the manner in which all that happened. You know, I mentioned earlier the 11-minute drive touchdown uh, to George Kittle in the first quarter or barely the end of the first quarter. And then immediately the the defense steps up. Debo Samuel had another big game for them. Um, And it seemed like everything was sticking together. But we have to take that, into the into the aspect that they're also playing the Rams, they were a team that has beaten the Rams four out of four in recent times, so five out of five now. But a favor a favored opponent in many ways, uh, albeit against a very good Rams defense with Von Miller and everything like that. Um, but they're playing against Jacksonville, who sort of showed their true colors uh, last week. You know they lost, but you know they put up another fight again, like they did against against the Bills. So they're sort of starting to come a little good this uh, this uh, last couple of weeks. I don't know how much, uh, Dario, that they could hang with the 49ers as they did with the Colts. I think, you know, yes, the 49ers are, what are they, 4 and 5? I, I do still think they have a much better offense um, and, and that they'll breeze. I wouldn't say breeze past, but I'd say 7 to 10 points is what I'm looking at right here that the 49ers might win.
1: Yeah, I I think this is an interesting game. And, um, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have uh, obviously two weeks ago, they, they beat the bills this past week. They nearly finished off a great comeback against the Colts, uh, the 49ers, uh, two weeks ago, lost by two scores to the Cardinals this past week. They made it back against the Rams. I think the, uh. I know last week I said that the 49ers were not a good football team, um, but I think the little caveat on that is that it's because they've been so injured. Uh, they've, if you remember early on in the season, they played the, the uh, Packers in a really close game. And at the time, both of those teams looked like playoff teams. And so I do think the 49ers have playoff potential. Um, assuming that they obviously need to turn around the regular season here uh, and and quickly, but, um, I think they are a good team led by Jimmy G and then obviously Debo Samuel. If, if he can keep doing what he's been doing, uh, he single-handedly, uh, cost me my fantasy win last week. (laughs) I, I was, I was up big going into the Monday night game and he, uh, he made me lose so uh, and and I'm sad because I had debo Sammy on my team last year and he was injured all season and didn't really do much while he was playing. but that's besides the fact uh, I the 49ers are six point favorites and I, I honestly in my notes, I had the Jaguars plus six just because of the close games that they've played the past two weeks. but I think the 49ers are finally getting healthy and I think they're gonna finally start playing back to their potential. And I think that they're going to beat the Jaguars by at least two scores. So I I think I'm taking – I'm going to switch my pick. 49ers minus six. I agree with you. 49ers minus six as well, especially
0: if they get that run game going. And then moving on to the afternoon games, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. Jeez, that was hard. uh, At home against the Bengals. And now the Raiders, uh, well, they lost big – this week, the division rivals, the Kansas City Chiefs, came to Las Vegas and put up 41 in that in that win. And, and, you know, their offense is struggling. You know, they lost Alec Ingold as well. And we all know what happened in weeks gone by uh, in terms of players who were cut. Uh, Derek Carr threw for 261 yards, an interception, two touchdowns. Uh, but again, they're looking for Brian Edwards to tighten. Run, Hunter Renfro is having a lot more involvement, Deshaun Jackson, Darren Waller only had four targets the whole game. Um, You know, and it's surprising that the, the Raiders, you know, this was touted to be one of the sort of um, blow. uh, It was not touted to be a blowout. It was supposed to be a shootout. And, you know, I expected the Raiders to put a lot more points on the board. And, you know, when you target uh, Josh Jacobs, for instance, just had 16 rushing yards and 20 receiving yards and you can't have that kind of numbers, against, you know, a Chiefs team who found their feet. Um, different tests this this week for for the Raiders against Cincinnati. And I think, you know, Cincinnati, after their big defeat against the Browns a couple weeks ago, they had a bye. They had time to sort of figure things out. And a team that would really love a bye right now are the Raiders, but they've already had their bye this season. So, you know, they're coming out of the bye with, with this sort of, Half baked form, and you know we don't know which Raiders are going to show up. Or are they going to put points on the board? And you know Derek Carr this season has been has been you know he's been decent. I think he's put up numbers: uh, fifteen touchdowns uh, and eight interceptions. Uh, he, he well, obviously he's the fourth most in terms of passing yards at all, just over twenty eight hundred. Um, but Dario, I don't know what it is. Is it the fact that the Raiders don't have an established run game right now? You, is it the sort of morale in, this, in, the ba- in the back room? Is it, I don't know, is it opponents? What is it right now that is plaguing the Raiders?
1: Well, it's certainly not opponents because uh, two weeks ago they lost to the Giants. And um, this past week, obviously, they lost to the Chiefs. This is a game that I'm just altogether avoiding betting. And it's about damn time that the NFL gives us a good 405 game because we've had some pretty crappy 405 games and this is one of those games each, even just a couple weeks ago the Bengals and the Raiders were both teams that we were looking at and saying wow these teams could each easily win their division yep and since then they've each suffered two straight losses obviously the Bengals are coming off of a bye but in each game each team's most recent game they've lost a combined 82 to 30 uh, which is abysmal and so both of these teams if they want to be playoff contenders they're in dire need of a win and that's the Bengals are one point favorites right now that's why i'm completely avoiding betting on this game and i'm just going to sit back and enjoy because i i think this game could go either way i think it's going to be a back and forth game if i'm going to bet on this game i would take the over 50 just because i think both offenses are pretty good uh and the Raiders just need to figure out how to get Darren Waller involved. They've not really gotten him involved. Like he's been Uh, at least like last year, he was the guy on that team. And this year he's kind of in the background. So I just expect this one to just be a back and forth game for two teams that really need a win. So I'm excited to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm on the fence, but if I had to pick someone, I would pick the Bengals because, you know, yes, they gave up 41 points, but, I feel like, you know, the AFC North uh battles always somehow end up being one-sided or it, you you never know who shows up on the day and you know, the same thing could be said about the Chiefs game in the AFC West against this Kansas City Chiefs last weekend, but I I I think the Bengals win this close game maybe by three, but I agree with you it's going to be a high-scoring game.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I'm like I said, that's one game that I'm just going to sit back and watch and another game that i'm just looking forward to sitting back and watching and also hoping that it's a high scoring game is uh the the first 425 eastern game which is the cowboys traveling to arrowhead and facing the chiefs uh both of these teams coming into the year i think were favorites to um potentially go far into the playoffs and um One of those teams has come through on that prediction uh, in the Cowboys, and the Chiefs have not lived up to expectations this season. They're still 6-4, and but a couple of their wins have been ugly, Uh, especially recently a three-point win at home against the Giants, only winning by six against Jordan Love and the Packers. But last week they really turned it around with a, a huge win over the Raiders, as we just talked about. The Cowboys are kind of in a similar position. Obviously, they've looked better throughout the entire year, but they have that devastating loss to the Broncos a few weeks ago. And then, they, as we talked about earlier, they turned it around and beat the, the Falcons by 40. I think this is going to be a telling game for both teams. I think the Cowboys are a great team, no doubt about it. The Chiefs, I'm still very questionable about. But I think if the Chiefs can beat the Cowboys here at home, are the Chiefs back? <laughs> Wow, that's
0: a well that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, Mahomes last week was it four hundred yards, five passing touchdowns at Las Vegas. Um, which again, you know, I, I, I do think the 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 Cowboys defense this year is a lot better than what Mahomes had to face last week. He faced a very good Packers defense and you know they could only put up thirteen points. And as you said, it was Jordan Love before that. It was, how much was it? 20 against the Giants? So Yeah,
1: 20 to 17.
0: Yeah, so they, they've they struggled. And those games were at home. Uh, and I think this Vegas game, you know, as I was saying earlier, division game, it was probably everything goes out of the window. Form, um, stuff like that. I, I, I think this game is set up for Dallas. Uh, they, they were very underwhelming against the Broncos. The Broncos, everybody thought, oh, you know, the Cowboys have been found out. And then they come back and absolutely wreck the Falcons. And, and that's the offense we're sort of used to seeing, Uh, Dak Prescott throwing for 300 yards, um, Zeke, uh, with both receiving and carries, you know, and, and the distribution between him and Pollard, the distribution amongst the receivers, their numbers are almost like in a descending order. So there's like very good numbers for almost every receiver. They had, they got Michael Gallup back, um, and, and so there's just big plays from the Dallas team last week. And, you know, I think they're going to continue that against this very, very um, porous Chiefs defense. So we're not tested as much last week, um, but it's, I, I hope it's a shootout. I agree with you. I hope I just want to sit back and watch two good football teams, just go at it. And, you know, hopefully we have a high scoring game. I don't know what the over under is, but bet the over.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's at 56. So it's really high. Uh, is but I, but I hope it I hope it goes over because I've got Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, uh, so I would love to see. Let's just say Dak Prescott throws five touchdowns, three of those to Amari Cooper. Uh, I'd be <laughs> I'd be loving my fantasy day if that were the case. Yeah, you'd win the next three game weeks on just that if that happened. <laughs> exactly. Now I don't actually expect that to happen, but I will say that um, as I said, I think if the Chiefs win this game. They might officially be back, but I mean, the chiefs are two and a half point favorites and they just haven't proved anything to me this season. The Cowboys besides their one hiccup against the Broncos have been pretty much without blemish this entire season. I expect the Cowboys to win in our in Arrowhead. I agree with you. I
0: think this is, uh, this is a game for the Cowboys to show that, you know, and, and sort of almost, Burst the bubble that the Chiefs just uh, sort of got after beating the Raiders. You know, as you said, they're six and four. Seven and four looks a lot better, but I think this Cowboys team is different gravy. The defense um, definitely is a lot better than the Chiefs' defense, so I'm going to say Cowboys as well. It's going to be within a score, but the Cowboys definitely look the better team. And that's the first 425 Eastern. Move on to Seattle, and they play at home against the Cardinals, in FC West matchup. And both of these teams had pretty average weeks last week. It was not great performances. The Seahawks didn't even get on the board in Green Bay. Russell Wilson is back. You know, everything's going to be rosy. It wasn't um, 20 incompletions in 40 attempts for Russell Wilson, two interceptions and just 160-something yards. Uh, DK Metcalf got ejected. And uh, Gerald Everett was the highest receiver with 63 yards. There was no run game to speak of. Um, and so, I mean, offensively, that's not a great showing in a division where, you know, the, the Rams, yes, they had a couple of hiccups, but they're seven and three. The Cardinals are eight and two. Uh, and, you know, the NFC, you know, the Packers are doing well. There's there's a lot of things happening around the Seahawks. And, you know, the Seahawks are like, hey, that should be me. I should be in that position. Um, But, you know, obviously they lost Russell Wilson. Geno's come in. But it's not just Geno's fault that that's where they were. I think the defense didn't step up. um, And now it's a divisional game against a very good Arizona team, albeit, you know, losing against the Carolina Panthers. You know, they've had their troubles with Colt McCoy. Uh, Yes, they beat the 49ers with their run game. But for some reason, they didn't go back to that formula again. They made Colt McCoy throw and then, you know, obviously got injured. Uh, good news might be that Kyler Murray might be back. Dario, would that change things for the Cardinals in this week?
1: Oh, it 100% changes things. Um, I, I know Kyler Murray has been limited in practice this week, at least today. I don't know about the past couple of days, uh, which is a great sign for him to come back and play. And I think that makes a huge difference. Um I know that it was a rough week against the Panthers last week, but they were injured. The Panthers were hyped up, and, uh, you know, it happens. Um, the Seahawks, as you said, I, we thought Russell Wilson coming back would – I, I didn't expect them to beat the Packers last week, but I expected it to be a game. But as you said, Geno Smith and the, the quarterback play has not been the problem for this team. Uh, it's been the defense that allows 413 yards a game. That's what the problem is. The Arizona offense is way too high powered. Arizona is five and zero in away games this year, and Seattle is historically great with their twelfth man it, uh, at home. I just don't see that continuing this week. I think the Cardinals are going to get back in track. I think they're going to cover the two and a half spread, and uh, it's like you said, it's weird seeing the Seahawks as a three and six team that are outside of the playoff picture, but. It's just the Seahawks really got to rebuild their defense if they want to become a playoff team again. Yep. And then losing Russell Wilson for extended time was, was not
0: helpful either. Um, but again, you know, even when he was, even in that game against green Bay, well, you saw how often the green Bay defensive line got to him um, and sacked him on, you know, crucial third down plays. We've seen, that's been the story of the season, even when Russell Wilson has played, Um and so they, they've got to fix that. I agree with you. This is a rebuilding season for them. they got to hopefully have a good draft and get good defensive players next year. Um, and I like the Cardinals in this game by a score.
1: I agree. So uh, I guess that means we've got to move on to the final game of Sunday. And uh, oh boy. unfortunately, talk about my sad, sad Steelers. Um, <laughs> You know, oh. it was it was my long-shot bet of the week last week that the Lions would win the game. And that was before I knew Ben Roethlisberger was going to be out. So I made that prediction beforehand. And, uh, I mean, I, I just a side note, I'd like to point out that my long-shot bets, so far since we started this podcast, three wins, one loss, and then we've got the tie last week with the, the Lions- Not winning nor losing against the Steelers. Um, (laughs) So my long shot bets have been doing well. My lock of the weeks, we're not going to talk about. But (laughs) those have been – I'm on a a cold streak there, but we're turning it around this week. But the the Steelers are just kind of a mess. Uh, I didn't expect them to be a great team this season anyway. Um, But with Ben Roethlisberger and this COVID issues – Last week was just a messy game and an absolute downpour. Uh, lots of players got hurt. Lots of guys are questionable right now. I know the Chargers haven't looked good the past few weeks, like they had earlier in the season. But I still, as I've said before, I, I believe the Chargers are a good team. I don't want to talk too much about my team, so I'll pass the the mic over to you, Bean. But I, I think the chargers being five and a half point favorites, like I I would take that every day of the week. Um, The Steelers lost by multiple scores to the Packers and Bengals earlier this week or earlier this year. So they've not looked good against other good teams. And um, yeah, I just, I just don't think that this is going to be, unless a lot of people come back from injury, I don't think it's going to be a good game.
0: I, I was gonna say the AFC North this year has been very weird. Um, there, it's been a whole roller coaster ride, and at any given point of time, you know, any of the four teams could find themselves leading the division or being last. Um, and and you know whether it's a good thing or not, the Steelers are playing last of the four. Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati all play before the Steelers, so they know what to do on Sunday night. The question is, can they do it? Um, And as you said, the Chargers offensively uh, at times have looked very good. Um, You know, against the Cleveland Browns, for instance, they put up forty-seven points um, in that you know shootout of a game. Uh, But again, the Steelers, you know, the Lions game was sort of a litmus test as to whether they could put bad opponents away. Yes, they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger, but I think that was more of a that was more of a blemish than. If they had actually lost the game, I feel um, I, I just don't know about Pittsburgh at the moment. They're five, three, and one, which you know, considering how the, how they've played this season, is a very, very good record. But you know, they're coming up against a very good Chargers team, and the only question I have is whether they can hang with the Chargers in in terms of whether if it becomes if it does become a high scoring game, are the Steelers going to be able to hang on? And put up the points on the board along with the Chargers, um, but but I agree with you. I think the Chargers are favorites. Uh, it's not going to be. It, I wish I wish the Dallas Kansas City game was a Sunday night game, um, but I, I I think the Chargers are going to win at home. I don't know by how much though.
1: Yeah, I and just a, a word of the wise to anybody listening if you're thinking about betting on this game. Um, I would probably bet on this game early because I know Roethlisberger has a chance of coming back, but at the moment, it's seeming pretty unlikely that, uh, he's going to be able to come back from COVID in time. Cause I know he's still battling some symptoms. Um, he's going to need back to back, uh, negative tests within 24 hours of each other. And, um, I mean, the defense looked bad enough last week against the Lions rushing game. T.J. Watts, questionable. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, I don't think, is going to play. He's, he's, um, I think, also kind of on the fence. So a lot of guys on the fence. If Mason Rudolph starts, there's zero chance that the Steelers keep up with the Chargers. And, uh, yeah, so if you're going to bet this game, bet it early, uh, especially Uh, as the Steelers players are announced out for the week, I think the spread is going to lean. I could see the spread being seven and a half as opposed to five and a half by the end of the week, as the Steelers players are declared out. Yeah. That game from SoFi stadium is definitely going to be a telling game for
0: either team um, on Sunday night. And then we go on to Monday night. It's the Bucks at home against the Giants. Um, And, you know, what did we say earlier, Dario? Did we say Tom Brady does not lose after bye week? <laughs> we,
1: we did, did, say, that. We did um, say
0: that. We did say that. And, you know, like history suggests, yes, he does not. But this year's NFL, as we've, as we've said it numerous times, is just a weird one. We don't version of what team we're going to get. And, unfortunately, defensively, got we got the worst version of the Buccaneers that we could. Um, and Taylor Heineke just took, took advantage of that. And now someone who will be looking to take advantage of that is Danny Dimes and the Giants. Um, you know, they traveled to Kansas City and, and, you know, only gave up 20 points to the Chiefs, kept it close. Um, so, you know, there there is a chance for them. They're coming off uh, of a bye week, actually. And, and, you know, they're well rested. Uh, and I'm sure this whole week for the Buccaneers, Dario, would be spent by watching film. Uh, offensively and defensively from that game. Um, but what chances do you think the Giants have in this game? Uh, Saquon could be back. We don't know about that yet. But, Dario, how do you see the Giants pulling off a win here?
1: Uh, I mean, first off, they're going to need some guys to come back from injury, which, like you said, they're coming off of a bye, which is going to be uh, more and more likely for that to happen. Um the past three games that they have played, they they blew out the Panthers, they barely lost the Chiefs, and they beat the Raiders. Uh, so are they turning things around? Maybe. Um, but I've got got a couple of interesting stats, and they kind of uh, which is making this a hard game to bet on for me. So we said that Tom Brady doesn't lose after the bye week, and he did. Yep. Tom Brady also doesn't lose at home, at least not this year. The Buccaneers are four and zero at home. And in prime time, um, Brady historically shines under the lights. But I have a stat, and I, I'll credit the, uh, the Barstool Sportsbook for, for putting this out on Twitter. I saw that Tom Brady in his last 11, 8 p.m. Eastern games has not covered the spread once in the past 11 games that he's played at night. Oh, wow. So, and the giants are 11 point underdogs. That is a lot of points. I, I realize that the, the skill differential between the team is, is quite significant, but that's a lot of points to give a team in prime time, especially a Danny dimes who is <laughs> unpredictable. Uh, just a giants team that has a lot of question marks as far as injuries coming back. So um I could see this game being closer than what people think.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think considering the way the NFL has gone this year, the first play of the, the day might be Danny Dimes rushing for 80 yards. You never know. Um, but I do agree with you as much as I do like the Buccaneers because they're at home. They, they'd want, they'd be out to get revenge. The defense the defense is going to step up, I believe.
1: Um, it's not going to be an 11-point game, I think. I think Buccaneers by seven at most. Yeah, I could see that happening. And I, I think this game also kind of plays into the favor of the Giants. You asked how might the Giants pull off a win here. Um, the Buccaneers rush defense is great. Uh, they're only averaging giving up 80 rush yards a game. But the Giants don't score points through rushing. Um, especially with Saquon having been out and Devontae Booker has also been out. Um, so that play with the the beat up Buccaneers secondary. It plays right into the hands of of Danny Dimes throwing a lot. And then him doing some rushing himself whenever the the linebackers pull back and try to help in coverage. So I I think it's going to be an interesting game. I I don't think the Giants will win, but I, I do like them to cover the 11 points. And with that, that brings to an end
0: week 11 previews. And uh, before we move on to our predictions and betting uh, advice, if I want to call it that, we'll just talk a quick word on the bye teams, the Denver Broncos and the Rams Broncos, obviously with that win um, at Dallas. And then they they're brought right back down to earth with that game against Philly. And, you know, Dario, I think we knew that they're not going to put up 30 points every game. The, the, the game in Dallas, um, they were sort of forced to do that because of the high sort of intensity of the game you normally when you face the Cowboys. But the Eagles didn't allow them to do that. And what do you think about the Rams?
1: Uh, the Rams, I think, are getting their bye week at the perfect time. I, I still think that the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC. And I, I could see the Rams representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, but obviously the past two weeks, they've not looked like the same Rams team. Uh, so I think, I think they're going to get their, their stuff together here, um, during the bye week. And I think they'll finish the year strong, but, um, like I said, this is the perfect time for them.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you on that Stafford and company put your feet up for a week. Um, and, and then it's back to, as Daria, as you said, chasing down the best in the NFC. Um, We move on to our predictions for this week. Dario, what is one thing you're looking forward to this week?
1: Uh, I know we talked about it a lot already. The the Chiefs hosting the Cowboys. I'm really looking forward to it because, as I said, if the Chiefs win, I think they're officially back. I think they're officially for real. I'm hoping and I don't think that they are. I'm just tired of seeing the, the Chiefs and how everybody hypes them up so much. But uh, I am looking forward to watching that game as an as unbiased fan. I agree with you. Uh, in fact, I'm going to take a step up and say I'm looking
0: forward to all the 3 o'clock games. Um, divisional game in Seattle, um, AFC matchup in Las Vegas, and obviously the, the Chiefs and Cowboys. So hopefully there's a lot of high scores and, you know, we had our a, a episode a couple of weeks ago talk about no blowouts. Well, more more points, please, I guess, in this one. Um, and, and I'm going to go on a limb and say my bold prediction of the week is going to be that the Detroit Lions are not going to die, but are going to beat the Cleveland Browns this
1: week. Wow. I don't know that I agree with you. I, I can definitely see the Browns bouncing back, but – I mean, if, if they don't get some of their players back from injury, it's it's definitely a possibility. Dan Campbell, he's going to rally the troops eventually. Um, hey, listen, last week I said the Falcons are going to beat the Cowboys.
0: I had to double down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're kind of down bad, so you might as well just keep digging. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my, my bold take um, – again, my bold take this week doesn't have to do with this week specifically – uh, I mean, it could in part, but it, it's around my Steelers. After this season, Mason Rudolph will never play in another NFL game. That's that's my bold prediction. He looked terrible this week, and I don't think single-handedly he's the reason that the Steelers tied. Um, but I think if Ben Roethlisberger plays that game, the Steelers win by by at least two scores. Uh, Mason Rudolph he he missed a wide open Ray Ray McLeod in the in the end zone at one and he just missed a lot of other throws he just doesn't look comfortable I don't think he's a good quarterback Um, if he has to start this week I think that might solidify that the Steelers are done with him but either way I just don't think he's ever going to play another game after this season in the NFL
0: yeah, you know, what I'm gonna to say to that. I'm gonna say Mike White to the Steelers as my bold prediction for next. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God, uh, I hope not. <laughs> he'd be better than Mason Rudolph. He'd be right? more electric, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it it'll get you out. It'll get you out of bed to watch them, but for sure, I I agree with you. I mean, Mason Rudolph has not covered himself in glory at all this season, and you know he has another chance potentially. I don't know if he will change that, but. We move on to the bets, and, you know, my sort of lock of the week is the 49ers at minus 250 to beat Jacksonville. Um, Yeah, I think the the 49ers offense is going to come out there and do all kinds of plays, throwing the ball, running the ball, and everything in between, and they're going to win. My bold or long shot bet is the New England Patriots minus 16 in Atlanta at plus 260. Wow. Um, and another bet I'm gonna throw out there and want to look out for sort of in between, um, because you know our long shot bet has to be at least plus two hundred. Um, but this bet is Washington money line against Carolina at plus one sixty, which you I, you never know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought we just talked about how the Panthers were gonna win that game. But maybe that was just me on that train. Um, yeah, I was just fading you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I like the. I don't like the Washington pick. I really don't. Um, and and need I remind you the last time you picked a team to win by 16 on Thursday night, uh, they lost oh, the by Ravens. 12 to the yep. Dolphins. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go. But I I I think those are some interesting bets for sure. Uh, my lock of the week, which. I will remind the viewers that maybe, maybe my locks of the week should be avoided and actually my long shots should be taken uh, because <laughs> my bet locks of the week, while they started two and zero since this podcast, uh, since starting two and zero, I am now two and three. So zero and three in the past three weeks, I've picked uh, the spread on three favorites and in back to back to back weeks. It was the Bengals who were favorites. They just lost outright. Uh, it was the Cowboys who were favorites. They lost outright. And it was the Rams who were favorites. They lost outright. So I've <laughs> got a bad track record Track record with uh, my locks of the week. So hopefully this one plays into my favor with this team losing again. But I just don't see it happening. I like the Chargers minus five and a half. Lock that Ooh. in. I, I don't see my Steelers really putting up much of a fight this week. So that's my lock of the week. Going to my long shot bet, which is 3-1-1, one, and one, as I said before. So I'm up big money on my long shot bets. So this is the one you should probably actually look at. I like the Colts plus 270 to win money line over the Bills. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the Bills, are, they've looked very shaky, this team. And I think the Colts are just, they're a sneaky 5-5 five and five team right now. And I could just see them showing up and uh, starting a bit of a run right now in Buffalo. So um, I think that's my long shot. It is a long shot, but at plus 270, I think there's good value there for the Colts.
0: The only thing I'm going to say about that is we talked about it earlier. The Colts, when they come up against good teams, have struggled, which is expected. But the Bills are, you know, for all the roller coaster emotions that they've gone through in recent weeks, they still are a good team at home so I mean it's completely not out of the realm I think you know if Jonathan Taylor has another 150 yards and two touchdowns the <laughs> way he's playing the season you never know but I was gonna say Dario neither of us went for Tennessee as the lock of the week against Houston
1: um I thought about it but it just again I know we've said it probably 20 times this episode the way the NFL has been going this season, that's just, that is the obvious bet of the week. And that's exactly why I'm not taking it. Yep, And, and, and
0: for, for everyone listening, um, if there's anything you should learn from this podcast is that don't listen to us unless it's a long shot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, Dario, thank you so much uh, again for being on and, you know, That's how we're going to end this episode for week 11. Looking forward to the games. Um, And thank you everyone for listening. We're on every Wednesday night. Uh, And again, remember, we're the DGENs. If you want bad takes about NFL and predictions, uh, don't forget to follow us on Spotify uh, and follow our Twitter page, DGEN underscore football. Thank you for listening. Thank you.